Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast will be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. What? Hey, guys. Uh, Pastor Manu, you here? Yes. Can you hear me? Awesome. I can hear you. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Hello, guys. Hey, guys. Thank y'all so much for staying with us. And as we work out the kinks (laughs) every week, as you know, I feel like every week. (laughs) Yeah, every every week. Well, I believe that that we have a voice and and what we bring is hope and um, leading people to Christ and understand that they're not alone. The enemy doesn't want that. He doesn't want (coughs) excuse me, hope to go forth. Right. And so. We just keep pressing. Yeah, that's all we can do. So um, we were talking earlier uh, about why we thought this this show this show was important, and Pastor Minga, you were talking about why you thought it was important. So if you can just kind of share what you were saying again, that would be great. Okay, uh, okay, guys. So and and girls, ladies. Um, yes. So it's fibromyalgia week, um, and. It's it's nationally um, awareness, uh, and this is something that um, is hidden for so long. People don't want to believe that uh, this pain or this diagnosis that is so invisible um, in the in the medical world really truly exists. And so, being that we have been uh, walking this out together for so long, and not I wanted people to understand that it's it's just not the person who is in pain um, that has the, the chronic pain, whether it's fibromyalgia, whether it's mental illness, whatever chronic pain you're dealing with, um, it's not just them that go through it, but it's the entire family and it's the uh, spouses and the children. And sometimes we are forgotten about. Um, and when people say, oh, I'm praying for pastor, I'm praying for uh, Rob, well, how's Rob doing it? For years, people never would ask me, how was I doing? You know, it was always, and I remember, um, just breaking down and saying, "Hey, wait a minute! There are more people in that's 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 going through this too." Right, the entire right. family. So it's so important to me, being that we're doing this, um, our marriage podcast, that this is um this is huge for us because this is our everyday life, and so to bring awareness and to bring hope and let people know that I'm here uh, for them if they ever need, but then we give them some tricks, some tricks to help them help the spouses go get through and how to stay um because this this um does this uh diagnosis can also pull a family apart and um and what's important is that this show is not just about fibromyalgia either uh right great point that you make but we also are talking about all illnesses we're talking about depression we're talking about uh cancer we're talking about uh anything that puts pressure or strain on the family unit and also on our friends because we also yes. have friends that are dealing with some kind of chronic illness or chronic pain. Yes. And we want to know the best way to be uh, in their life and, and connect with them and, and how to help them get through these issues as well. So, um, uh, Pastor Mino, earlier when you, we had started talking, you, know, you had a point that you first brought to the table. Would you go ahead and share that again? Um, if you could read that, that, oh yeah. So my first point was, so when your family member, uh, the person who's dealing with this particular, whether it's chronic, like, like Pastor was saying, like um, Rob was saying, uh, whether it's uh, mental illness or whether it's um, chronic pain with back, or whatever, the first thing we need to do when this, when a flare up is is beginning to happen, or they wake up there in discomfort and um. You can see what they're about to really go into, a, a, have an episode. Uh, to, is my first thing I want you to know is to stay calm. That's the very first thing that the family has to do, the, the spouse has to do, is stay calm. Not just for the person that's, in, that's going through the pain, but for your children. Right. You yeah. must stay calm. And so it came from uh, the book of Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. 
What's so important about that scripture? It says, you know, with prayer and supplication, with prayer, with your petitions and thanksgiving. The thanksgiving is knowing that, look, y'all, we've been here before and God, you brought us through it before. So I thank you. I thank you that, you know, I know that you are our comforter. I know that, you know, in this, maybe we don't see it in the physical at the moment, but you're healing in our emotions. You're healing in his spirit. You're healing in their <laughs> yeah. mind. You're restoring them even now, even as the flip is going on. So we must, must, must um, just keep scriptures in mind. And my other point was that when you, when we recognize that um, we are about to deal with, whether it's mental illness or chronic pain or whatever, within the family, our first reaction typically is to panic. Yeah. We we want to um because we want of course we want everything to be calm we want everything to be restored immediately we don't want our family member to be um in pain we don't want to ourselves go through that week long right. process or however many days or to because it's it's exhausting and in yeah, the truth yeah. be told it's exhausting mentally it's exhausting emotionally you know what I mean and 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 then you find that when you get yourself anxious. All of a sudden, you're fussing at the kids and nothing is going right. And then the person is in pain. They're feeling guilty because they're in pain. They can't help you. And they, they really just don't have it in them. You know what I mean? So they're already dealing with their own mental yeah. battle and emotional battle. And so they can't be going through a battle. And then all of a sudden, you take on their anxiety within yourself. And now the kids are taking on that. And the whole house is in chaos. Right. And I think that's important because... Um and when, as I was doing, as I was a counselor, one of the things we used to always tell our counselors was, uh, "You can't panic too. Um, right. You, if the uh, the person that's dealing with this is going through the the large range of emotions and feelings, right? Uh, and they're looking to someone to help strengthen them. But if you go to that place, and and when we first was married, and I first started going through this, uh, when we first started going through the issues in Puerto Rico." it would end up in us end up being in an argument or it would end us end up with um, you being angry because you didn't know how to help me. And I didn't mm. know how to voice my needs as well mm, at that, at that time. True. And so, so we ended up making the situation even worse yeah, because sure. you couldn't figure out how to help me. And I couldn't figure out how to let you know that I needed help. Um, so we have to, you have to become so the person that caregiver has to become and the only way that you can do that is if you're taking care of yourself and, and, and so when those times come up you have something in the well in order to give yes right you have, have yes. to have something in the well in order to give to yes. help a person that is dealing with a, a chronic issue now we talk about fibromyalgia and we talk about of course you know, body pain and stuff that i go through um but there are days that i have there are times that i have good days but there are other sicknesses and illnesses out there where people rarely have good days. Right. So what do you do when you have that type of, uh, of situation? How do I how do I keep calm when uh, when it's a constant thing? And tonight we have um, Brittany Wilson, who is a nurse. and She's going to come on and talk to us. And that's one of the things I would love for her to talk about is how uh, to take care of uh, how to take care of ourselves when our loved one is going through something that there are no breaks. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I would think that one way would be to have someone that can switch out with you. You know, maybe another family member that can switch while you take care and do some self care or, um, or maybe have someone that you've hired in that can come in and also help. I'm going to go ahead and answer the, the call with Brittany. Okay. Okay. While you're in. Okay. I'm sorry. Hey, hey Brittany, how you doing? Doing well. Sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to make sure I, I did it correctly. You did it correctly. <laughs> you did it correctly. Before, before Brittany talks, I want to introduce yes. Brittany because Brittany is an amazing, amazing, amazing nurse that I have had the, the privilege and the honor to work when she was uh, my supervisor as we uh, worked at, um, at a, a mental health facility. And so... She, when I tell you this young lady is so amazing, she loves the Lord with everything, but she's not just that. She's just a supporter of everything that, that brings glory to the kingdom. And she is an amazing husband who supports her in every aspect and a beautiful daughter and a family that, that she just, um, she really is the, 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 how do you say the strength of, she has broad shoulders. 
<laughs> Thank she, you. And, and she's amazing. And so uh, even even after this, please keep her and lift it up in prayer. Yeah, definitely. The uh, the caretaker role it it doesn't stop when you clock out. It 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 goes on um all around, you know, in all aspects of life. So yes. I definitely appreciate the kind words and always appreciate the prayer because God knows it's you know it you, there is never enough prayer. Amen. Amen. So just uh, would you talk to that last uh, statement we made about uh, the caretaker taking care of themselves? Yes, um, that is that's very important. Um, I've worked in mental health now, I want to say going on eight years and um, as the nurse and even as the family member of um, different loved ones going through different things, the caretaker frequently gets tired and gets worn out and we become afraid to ask for help. But there are times where we need help, too. Um, But just being aware that it is okay to get tired and that it is okay to, to uh, tap out and, and ask for help and, you know, learning what your resources are. Um, there's different programs with um, different insurances that may be able to have a sitter um, depending on how um, debilitating, you know, your family member may be, your loved one may be. That's a resource. Um, asking friends or family, hey, I just need an hour just yeah. let me get out the house for an hour to be get a nap or just change the scenery. Those things make a big difference for you because you're able to step away from whatever it is that's um, stressing you out the most at that time and yeah. take a second for yourself and, you know, take a second to talk to God. Let him know what's going on. Let him right. know, right. you know, how stressed you are and, you know, Yes, God sees it, but he still loves the communication from us. That's a yeah. part of our relationship is keeping yes. our communication open with him at all times and yes. just being sincere yeah. about how we feel with Christ. And I feel like that's probably the biggest, that is the most important thing um, that has helped me in yeah. all my um, life events, um, work events, um, because as a nurse, we wear many hats, you know, we're mom, we're wife, we're friend, we're sister, we're aunt, we're best friend, we're supervisor. The The roles never stop. So yeah. that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of people looking up to you at even any given moment, whether you think they are or not. So having that communication open as a caretaker um, and in that role is important and right. just from the caretaker side, looking at my patients, um, when they come in, a lot of them just feel so hopeless and so broken because they are afraid to tell their family members, you know, how long they've been hurting or yeah. the fact that they miss spending time with their loved ones because they're always in bed. And that builds up and becomes depression over time. And depression is just as harmful as having high blood pressure or diabetes. Right because your body is still holding on to different stress. Um, Some people stop eating. Some people overeat when they're depressed. So just reminding one another to just be empathetic, you know, um, take a second to really ask someone, you know, how are you doing today? Or, you know, just in kind of engaging more than just that. Yes or no. I'm sorry. It's one of the issues in our, and, and especially in the black in brown communities that we have a hard time asking for help, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, mental illness and not only in our community, but in the church period, because when you say there's a, a chronic pain or a chronic illness, then you'll see everybody wants to lay hands on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they want you to be healed now. Right. right. And, and when you're not healed now, uh, sometimes it feels like, well, I'm the, the person that needs to be healed is doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have enough faith, right? And and that's a, a hard place to be. Um, and it makes us uh, afraid to share those places where we, we need to be vulnerable. And we need to let mm-hmm. people know what's going on inside of us. I mean, many a person have committed suicide. And then everyone would say, I didn't even know. Yep. I didn't know he was going through. I didn't know she was suffering. I didn't... Uh, there were any signs, you know what I mean? And there's always yeah. signs. We just have to be uh, open and actually see those signs. 
that's a good point that you made because Ivana had said um, earlier we was talking and, we, and she said, right. And sometimes it comes out of nowhere. And, and I'm glad you said that because it speaks that <clears throat> when we recognize the signs, when we recognize the pattern, when we recognize that we're, we're exhausted, you know what I mean? We've been running and running and running and there are different signs that, that, um, that lets us know that, <clears throat> excuse me, we're about to go there. Whether it's yeah. uh, a flare up, whether it's um, um, uh, anxiety um, and, and depression is about to try and kick in, th there are these telltale signs that do come. You know what yes. I mean? We just have to sit back and listen to our bodies. But how can we hear our bodies if we're constantly on the go and we're constantly worrying about the right. next thing that has to be done? So what happens is that finally when our bodies get to rest, our minds get to rest for a second, all of a sudden you just... It, it it seems like it just came out of nowhere, but your body right. has been telling you this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Right. And you know so I mean? my, my first point that I wanted to add goes with along with what we're saying. Don't. And the first point is this. Don't assume. Ask. Right. Um, so many times we don't ask. And uh, and I think that's a bad place to be. I don't know if we don't ask because we don't want to know or or we don't ask because we're not paying attention. But. When you just ask someone, are you hurting today? Or are you are you feeling okay today? It, it lets a person know that uh, someone does care, and uh, it's it breaks the uh, the assumptions and it breaks the uh, the the uh, I guess the word I'm looking for uh, the, the the ability to see um, something wrong in ourselves because we're like, well, why is she not talking to me, or why is he not talking? Or what's going on? Um, and I think sometimes we just got to ask the question, are you okay? Well, I think with that, I think because people, because a lot of, sometimes I, I can speak, I can speak for us. Um, I can't speak for everybody, but I know yeah. for us, I, I had to learn that when you got quiet, that um, it, it, at first when we were younger and we was first dealing with this, instantly I thought something was wrong with me. I yeah. did something wrong. Oh, he's mad at me. Um, so what did I do? Did I spend money? Did I did I, yet, did I do something? You know what I mean? And I would be like trying to fix it. And I would yeah. like start cleaning and start doing something. Like, did I do something wrong? And the, and, and it was because you were in pain. And then for, to, for you to be able to be vulnerable and feel safe to say that you're in pain and and, and know that I would believe you. Because like we yeah. always say, because it's, it's not outward and the doctors are not telling us that this is what it is, but this pain is real. You know what I mean? But it took, it took years for, for, to, for me to really get that point with you. I mean, even now still yeah. uh, when you're quiet and um, you know, you want to be around the kids and, but I know that um, you haven't slept in days yeah. because it's been a telltale sign because it's been, um, um, just uh, the weather, even though it's beautiful outside, I can see you shrinking in slowly yeah. shrinking in. And so with the fibromyalgia, of course, you're not sleeping. So that adds another layer because it hurts yeah. to sleep. It hurts to be awake. It hurts to lay down. It hurts to sit. It hurts. And so you're just, it's pain, constant pain. And so, um, where am I going with this? Um, understanding, um, Understanding where you are and respecting where you are, yeah. but um, comforting you and sometimes it's just sitting next to you and rubbing your hand or rubbing your head yeah. and telling the kids, you know, today, let's have a quiet day. Let's all just kind of watch movies and, and chill and not make it about your pain. But hey, this is a family day. But right. you and I understand that it's because it's meant to, because it, the depression comes in. Um, then here comes the suicidal thoughts and, and the different things. And so if I don't, if I don't understand what's going on and I don't discern that, hey, this is a time to allow some worship music or just speak softly, even with the kids and allow this to happen. Take the two days or whatever it takes to say, you know what, today, let me just minister to my family. Right. Ivana um, said, Ivana said, um, so many people that struggle with mental illness usually carry the biggest smiles. And boy, is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah. right. I can say that's so true. The first time um, someone had asked me and um, someone had asked me for, for someone had always asked me, how am I doing? And, and this is when I started to realize it was OK to share because I tried to talk to pastors and I tried to talk to people um, to like talk to, uh, to me about what was going on within me. 
because I didn't understand yeah. it myself. You know what I mean? Why was I always so angry? Why was I always so frustrated, so tired? And and I remember a young lady, she asked me, how was I doing it? And everybody's like so used to um, Aminga just being the strong one and, and running and doing, doing, doing. And they asked me, how was I doing? And I, I remember I wanted to I wanted to break down. And I said, oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm fine. And it was something in my eyes that this person said. And I walked to my car and I didn't realize they followed me to my car. And yeah. then they asked me again, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm good. Pastor Rob is good. And I'm just, and they looked at me and something about that moment. It was like, no, how are you doing? That was the first time anyone had ever literally asked me and cared about me. Yeah. And I, I just broke down and they just allowed me to cry. Do you know what I mean? And just cry yeah. and be vulnerable. And that's the thing with caregivers. People don't ask us how we are doing for real, for real, and really want to yeah. hear how we doing. They don't want to hear. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. When is this going to be over? I'm doing the kids. I'm doing and I'm running. I'm running. And I just want to stop. I just want to breathe myself. And you, for a long time, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I know that uh, sometimes I, well, especially when someone goes ill, um, there will be there will be a lot of family turmoil and arguing and and fighting because. People are trying to figure out how to deal with these emotions. Um, Brittany, I know as a nurse, you've probably seen that when, when family members come in and then they start fighting. Yes, definitely. Um, especially with my elderly patients, I saw that a lot. Um, everybody has different opinions versus just coming together to help make sure that as a whole, they're doing what's right for that person in need at that time. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I, the next point that I have um, is don't criticize, but do encourage. Don't criticize, but do encourage. Um, that's so it's so easy to give uh, unsolicited advice, you know, I mean, to the person that's suffering. And um, we can become overbearing uh, to that person, especially. And one of the things that bothers me a lot is when people keep asking me, are you OK? Are you OK? Are you OK? Are you okay? Are you no? I'm not okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, that kind of always bothered me. But we don't we don't want to be overbearing to the person. We want to to um, support them, but uh, don't criticize them. Don't say uh, things that will make them feel bad. When you always in pain on the day we're supposed to go out so go somewhere, you know, different things like that uh, can cause. Uh, it can cause friction in the family. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, definitely makes sense. Yes. Like I said, a lot of times a, a part of that is just being able to knowing it, but it took a long time to understand that. It's just um, a person just wants you to know that you care. Just be there. If you need yeah. something, if the person needs something, they'll prayerfully there tell you sometimes you just have to get up and just get them something to drink and just sit i remember um i remember at one point um i was up every night um and i was just anointing your feet and i was just rubbing your feet every every morning at like four o'clock in the morning and um and i remember yeah. you asked me like probably a couple of months later you asked me why did i do that and i said um that's what god had told me but i remember i i, I heard it in my spirit and so i did it and um and i remember that was a season you was just you had so much more comfort and you know that god was just healing you in your legs and just restoring you and giving you strength um in that season because the flares was coming bad you know yeah. um because a lot of times you do want someone to rub your back or, you know what I mean? At the time, you know, of course, your skin hurts and, and different things. And we want to help. We we, we want to help. Um, but sometimes it's not that they don't want the help. They don't know how to receive the help. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know? And so sometimes you have to bypass where they are and say, hey, lay down. Let me just get let me just get some lotion and rub your back just to kind of loosen up your muscles a little bit. Yeah. And, and, um, and you just have to know when to and when not to. Right, <laughs> you know, um, as as yeah, and so again, we've been walking this walk um for a minute, and I think probably within the last few years that you um periodically would allow me to do what I know to do, and I think a part right. of that is being able to trust. You know what I mean? Um, to be yeah, vulnerable definitely. because it's vulnerable saying I'm I'm 
I'm weak. Men, that's hard for men. That's right. Um, And as you was talking, I was thinking how hard it is physically, right, to to deal with it and and to share. But what about an addiction? What about with a with a, a family member that's dealing with addiction? How do you support them? How do you uh, um, hold them up in those times? You know, I know uh, it's it's so much easier to deal with the physical aspect than the mental aspect, especially when it's addiction. How do you, as a family member, uh, continue to support them? Are you talking to me, Brittany? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just no, trying to... No, I'm sorry. I keep putting on mute. Um, <laughs> well, I and, uh, when I'm trying to speak, I'm trying you. to unmute. Yeah, right. yeah, I'm so sorry. So, um, yeah, that, that is a hard thing. Um, I can speak from the family member side. Um, for my mother, she has had a knee replacement, but she needs another one. And she's, you know, refusing to do it, but she's not stopping. She's continuing on with her daily work. Yeah. Um, around the house and errands and things. And I've noticed um, on days when she's in more pain, she's more quiet. Um, she doesn't have as much get up and go about her. And so on those days, I know, well, hey, that's my time to step it up. If there's something I can do to help her out, be it take the trash out, sweep yeah. her floor, um, put gas in the car, anything to help her day be a little bit easier, then then that's what I, I'll try to do for her. Um yeah. And I think it's just that support, you know, as a family member, just continuing to give your loved ones the support where you can. Sometimes it's just as simple as cooking dinner for them. Or if you can't cook, you know, pick something up if you can. But those small gestures do go a long way for them. Um, And just from listening to different patients, they just want to know that they're supported um, and that people recognize, you know, that it is a struggle for them and um, just be there for them. In whatever way that they can, um, even offering prayer um, with those uh, with the patients and the family members, they appreciate that and that that touches the heart and the spirit because we are our brother's keepers. I know the world tells us otherwise, but truthfully, we are. That's that means a lot. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna. That's so good, Brittany. Thank you. That's so true. I was with with I'm gonna add this to it. Um, and it kind of goes into my my second point. And this is is be wise. Be wise. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives gen- generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So when you're dealing with somebody who has addiction an addiction um, problem. It is so important to get with um, counselors, um, uh, different programs, someone who have walked this thing out, not someone who is walking it out, but who has walked this thing out and who have seen success because you want to get their feedback and figure out, you know, tricks and tools for yourself because you need a sounding board. You need somebody to uplift you as the caregiver to say, hey, you're being an enabler in, in this part. You need to back away here and have somebody to hold you up so that you don't feel guilty and the other, the person that's in addiction to pull you, you know, um, to give them, you know, um, the money or the different things. And so you, you love hard, of course, and you keep them up in prayer, but it's so important that you uh, have somebody to even hold you accountable that you're not being an enabler. Um, and then, um, it's, it's, um, because with that, it's, it's so many, uh, layers to addiction. You know what I mean? Because um, as the person, and I was just saying this to someone today, as the person is being um, healed in addiction and, and getting their recovery and getting clean, right? The person, the family member, the caregiver, you know, their whole life has been based on this person's dysfunction, this person's addiction. So then once um, the person begins to get clean and get um, themselves situated and become self-sufficient, right? The person who was the caregiver actually loses their identity because their whole life has been on this particular person and getting them clean. So once they get clean, they have no purpose. And so uh, the person in addiction, you both have to heal together. If, and I, I pray that makes sense. And I pray that helps somebody because, um, yeah. Amen. So, um, 
that is my my thoughts on that. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that the uh, the line is open. If you want to call in, if you want to add anything, it'd be great. Uh, especially those that are, are dealing with either someone in uh, some kind of illness, or they dealing with someone with addiction. We would love to know how you're coping with it, and, and what are some ways that you cope and you deal with those issues. Brittany, I would love for you to talk about something I saw you writing. You said, I see you. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um, uh, I can't even remember how long it's been now, but um, lately, my husband and I, we've been through so many different trials and different things going on. And so we're always working. We're always away from one another. Um, and so we just had to have a sit down and just talk with one another and open up about the stress with work and how we're feeling about where we are now, where we've been and where we wish we could be at this time. And so with that, um, he just started saying, I see you. And so I just had to ask him, you know, like, what do you mean? He said, I see you. And so he said, well, I recognize the hard work that you're doing. Um, you're giving your best at work, you're giving your best here at home, the cleaning, the cooking, doing the laundry, um, making sure that my clothes are clean and iron, making sure I have something to eat for lunch um, and still being a mother, you know, to your daughter um, and being a wife to me. And he was like, I just don't want you to ever think that you're not appreciated. So I see you um, and I love you. And so that just made a big difference for me. Yeah. Like I knew he loved me and I knew he appreciated, but just hearing that and it's just, it brings such a, a calmness over me and a peace over me that I, I didn't even realize I needed before that conversation. Yes. And just, you know, several times throughout the week, we'll just, you know, remind each other, I see you. And um, I feel like he says it on those days where he recognizes that I'm just really stressed from work and I may come home and I'm just like have this deer caught in the headlights look on my face. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, I see you. Like, you know, what can I do? And even then he'll step up, okay, look, give me your give me your clothes. Let me wash them for tomorrow. Let me lay this out for you for tomorrow. Um and those little things, it helps because I can de stress. I can go into my quiet place and rejuvenate, you know, pray um, yeah. and get back to, to where I need to be. And that support, it's, it's life-changing. It, yeah, oh, definitely. That is so, so true. It's just to be, be acknowledged and be recognized, you know what I mean? Because we do it as caregivers, we, um, especially if you're a natural-born care, caregiver, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? We do it selflessly, without a thought. It's just our nature, you know? Mm -hmm. And just to have someone to recognize it and say, I see you and thank you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. even mm -hmm. in, in the midst of our stress, in the midst of maybe we're temperamental and maybe we fussing as we are doing laundry and we, we keep going and going, going, but to stop us for a minute and say, I see you. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to ask him to, I'm going to throw him kind of in this too, because I want him to speak from his side, but I'm going to mute the phone for a second because I just okay. got to get him caught up real quick, y'all. That's cool. Okay. Um, while you get him caught up, I'm gonna um go ahead and do my. But um, babe, you have anything you want to say while she gets him caught up? No, go ahead. I would love to know your next part point. Okay. Um, but um, but back to the the uh, uh the addiction is is definitely seek help. That's the 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 best thing you can do is is seek help. Get somebody who is in that field. Um, and so that you know that you're not alone. Um, okay. but also you know we think about even with someone with um. Who, who struggles in depression. Now that is so dangerous. Yeah. Uh, that That is dangerous um, because there are people who struggle in with with depression and suicide, um, suicidal depression. You know what I mean? With depression, mm -hmm. where they just want to die, self-harm. These things are silent and they smile big and, and they're amongst us every single day and working hard and then um, it's tortured in their mind. Dealing with that, yeah. You know what I mean? How do you keep them encouraged? You know, I've had many times where I've had phone calls and and I'm at a loss for words. I don't I I don't know how to bring them out of that. You know what I mean? I've called the police. I've had I've lost friends behind that. But when I'm at a I can't I don't I'm not equipped 
to, to take that out of your mind. You see what I'm saying? And so yeah. that's a that's a huge burden to put on a caregiver to say, yeah. I'm about to do this to myself. Wait a minute. Wait, hold up. <laughs> no. Right. You know what I mean? But don't call the police. What do you want me to do? You want me to sit here on the phone while you hurt yourself? Like that's so that's um this is an area that is 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 um not talked about enough. Right. Yeah. You know, I know one of the things that we must do is, especially when we think someone is going down that path, that we, like you said earlier, we need to ask the question. Yes. Right. And sometimes it's hard to ask that question because we feel like if we ask the question, it's going to put it in their head. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of ten, is that's not never going to happen that way. They're right. already thinking about it. So to ask the question, hey, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Right. That right, puts right. it out so that person can hear what no one else had heard. You know what I mean? And hear right. it mm-hmm. like, man, I am thinking that way. Right. right. And then you have to, then the next one is, how are you planning on doing that? Right. You know, just keep them talking. That's, and, and that's because we, again, we, if this is something that's in your heart, you're going to get the education that you need so you can help people. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And these, because we've gone through the trauma training and different trainings and these things, uh, it's truth. Like you said, he, having them say it out loud, it kind of snaps them back to reality. Right. Of like, mm-hmm. hold up, wait a minute. Am I? No, I don't want to hurt myself. You know what I mean? I just want this pain to go away. This this mm-hmm. this longing, this deep in my heart, this void that is nothing is feeling it. Sex is not feeling it. Um, men, women, drugs, alcohol. You know, nothing is feeling this void that's inside of me, and I just want to stop hurting. Right. You know, oh. that's right. And even um, passive uh, suicidal thoughts is one of the things that um, we, as a nurse in the psych community, we assess people for. And that means those people who say, "Well, you know what? I just, I just feel like I'd be better off gone, or my family will be better off without me, mm-hmm. or I don't feel like I'm, I'm useful to anybody." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are still thoughts, you know, of, of suicide. You know, yep. you may not. That person may not have a plan in place yet, but they are in a place of hopelessness. Right. They're yes. in the place where they feel really low, where they don't feel like there's value. Um, and in those moments um, with the patients or family members, it's just reminding them that you may not see purpose right now, but God always has purpose for you. And where you are right now, God may need, you know, is using you to building you for something to help you testify to this moment to save someone else, to let other people know that, yeah, you can have all the money in the world, but still feel alone. You can give your all and still feel like it's not enough, but that doesn't mean you have to stop. It doesn't mean that it's over. Um, this is just your storm in this moment. Yeah. But you go through a storm, you know, God doesn't stop you in it. You're going through it and it's rough when you're going through it, but just being able to have someone remind them that this is temporary, this is not forever. And even if they've battled with it for years, reminding them what they've overcome during that yeah. time frame um, to reassure them and just point out the good things that they have done um, or what they can do um, as well. Helping to reestablish purpose where they feel like they don't have it in that moment can be right. a difference between life and death for someone else. Yes, right. yes. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Uh, yes. Oh, your husband, is he ready to talk? I'm sorry. I went in. He's asleep. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. He had, um, okay. he had oral surgery today. So oh, wow. So it was a pretty okay. eventful day for him, so I, I do apologize. But I oh, will, no, that's okay. I'm going to bring him up to speed tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no problem at all. Look, we we are on every Thursday night, every great, and we do the um, uh, the marriage thing. So it'd be great just to have y'all come on and and share, you know, y'all experiences, and um, that way we can be a blessing to to many, you know, yes. out there. Mm-hmm. And so, and oh, okay. Well, my third, my my other point was um, be obedient. Okay. Mm. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Psalms 32 and 8. 
when dealing with a mentally ill or chronic pain loved one, we will find all sorts of advice coming from many directions. Most of our family members and friends are well-meaning in their attempt to offer suggestions. We mm -hmm. must keep we must keep open to the fact that God often uses other people to speak to us. However, we also must be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit foremost. There may come time come a time when we have to make an exception. Yeah. Heart wrenching um with dealing with um when when dealing with some with a loved one. At those times, we must keep our hearts and minds open to obey whatever the Lord is leading us. So what, what do I hear from that? What I hear from that is that sometimes we have to make the tough decisions. Sometimes, you know, our family member who is in this place of depression um, or of self-harm, or, or they may need a time to go into a hospital and um, and, and get that rest and get them the medications uh uh, checked on and make sure that um, they haven't become um, adapted to it and they may need a change. They may need um, to go into a hospital. And sometimes that's hard, especially for, um, you know, a lot of the black community. We we don't want to send our family members, you know, like this is a bad thing, but it's a beautiful thing to go and get the help. And so making that decision when the other person really don't think that they need to or want to, we have to make the tough call to say, hey, you need to go to detox. Hey, you need to go to a 90 day treatment facility. You know what I mean? Well, I've been through it, you know, so many times in addiction and it didn't help. Well, maybe you wasn't ready then, but it may take multiple times. But as the caregivers and the family members and seeing where they're just spiraling, just getting worse, making the decision to say they're not mentally able to take care of themselves. And so I have to make the decision to place them where uh, they can get help. Yeah, that's a very good point. And especially because sometimes we, we're afraid that they're going to hate us for it. Mm -hmm. Right. Or it's going to be yeah. some kind of uh, blowback. You know what I mean? Uh, right. uh, so we don't do it because we don't want uh, anyone to think that we gave up on them or, um, we don't care or we just throw them in a, a hospital or anything like that, but we have to do what's best for the person, even when the other person is going to be angry. As a counselor, I, I've put people into treatment that didn't want to go. You know what I mean? And they always kicked and screamed on their way there. But then when they come back, they always said, thank you for caring. You know what I mean? Thank you for caring. And, right. and I, I've never seen anyone get angry that someone cared. Right. Amen. Amen. Ivana, Ivana says, um, for family members, for family members who deal with addiction in the family, it's important to not internalize the addiction battle as your own. Yes. It is so hard to have to love someone through that, especially with an empathetic heart. You put yourself in the position to be taken advantage of or mistreated because you just love them so much and it breaks your heart to see them acting out of their out acting out of their true calling but pouring out too much is draining and it can lead to damaging your own mental stability you cannot be their god and you That's will right. lose yourself trying to push to do all you can to stay to to say all you can to give them just one more chance, but it can get you get really cloudy. Amen. That's such a good point, Ivana. Yeah, I, I, that's 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 such a good pure point. Because those of us who are who have you know um, compassionate hearts, you know what I mean. Especially if you walk that walk yourself, you know what I mean. And whether in your family member you grow up grew up with it, you want so desperately for them to, to get help and to see and you're yeah. like you're willing to do anything and I've, what I have been learning is the more we talk uh, I find that we're trying to talk them into it but it's it's actually actually the more we listen yeah, the more definitely. we listen it's the more we listen to them than trying to talk at them you know what I mean and repeating to them what they are saying a lot of times and I, um, I've, uh, people want to talk to me through via text and I, I personally don't counsel anybody via text 
or even over the phone. I want to look at you face to face because it's when we are face to face, I'm able to see you and you're able to see me, but I can call bull (laughs) (laughs) face to face and I can... I, there's, that's there is that the true transparency when you can see the mirror, but behind text, people hide behind text, and there's such a, uh, uh, I even do FaceTime before I do, you know, phone calls and different things like that. Right. But that's such a that's such a good point is that we have to we have to protect ourselves, and that's why it's so important to have, um, to to have a support system because your support system is going to see what you don't see. But yeah. the problem is we don't talk. You know what I mean? We won't talk. We'll go through it, go through it for months on end. And once it has hit the fan, now we want to share it and tell everything. But when you was going through it, when when you were able to get the help, when someone could intercede, intervene, you know what I mean? Right. Now, and now it done hit the fan and now it's every, it's, it's a do or die situation. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And that's not fair for the other caregivers who, who, who are there from the beginning to help. But why do we wait? That's what I want to know. Why do we wait until you have no place else to go before we actually ask for help? When you put with the, now everybody it's a rush, rush situation. Yeah. So now everybody is sinking. Well, I think, um, Brittany, uh, says, uh, has a point. She says, um, she's seen family members give their all by trying to save a loved one. And, um, I think, I think it's important that, we realize when we're not not to give our all, but to give God's all, right? Um, to mm-hmm. allow God to be God and allow him to, to take over mm-hmm. those points of us where we are uh, trying to step in and be God for someone, right? We can't right. do that because at the end of the day, we can't carry that burden. Right. We can never carry that burden. Now, supporting someone is totally different. No, we don't. We, we have to support each other, but we can't carry that burden, right? Right. Uh, right. Um, the only person that has the broad enough shoulders to carry it is God. That's right. That's and so I've found that a lot of times, uh, even when a person mm-hmm. is healed, right, and they get the, the healing, now the resentments begin to come up in the family mm-hmm. because it's been all about taking care of that person. Mm-hmm. Now they're healed. Well, now. You know, I've been dealing with all kinds of stuff that happened while you were in your addiction, while you were uh, dealing with your uh, uh, your illness. And now those things are coming ahead in me because there's no longer a, a distraction to stop me from seeing me. Right. Mm-hmm. So now uh, uh, now you will see a lot of times family members begin to uh, to fight because there's no longer that distraction. And the real what's going on inside of me is coming out. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's no cover anymore. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm not covered for you. So now you have to face it. You have to look in that mirror, you know, and face all of the issues. You can't blame anybody else. Um, right. I see that a lot with um, different addictions. A lot of the, especially my younger generations, my 18s and young 20s, they want to blame it on somebody else. But as soon as they're in the world and they can't blame it on mom, you can't blame it on dad for yeah. you not going to work on time because you got high the night before and you right. get fired because you're not going to work. Well, when mom and dad stop supporting you, meaning you if you don't go to work, you don't make money, you can't pay your rent. So now you're homeless. That's your fault. Then, you know, you're forced to see that you can't right. blame everybody. So it's just forcing that reality on them because as long as they get the help and they can keep doing it and they don't have to face it, it delays their progress. And honestly, it, it delays their breakthrough. It delays yeah. their chance to call on God for help to get out of it and to see what God can do and how God can change things and deliver them from the addiction. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's true. Uh, like Ivana said, we can't be God for them. That's right. And so um, I'm going to go into my next point, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, be patient. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, 2 through 8. For most of society, 
if we are running a fever, there is a medication that we can take to bring it down for a period of time. We have medications that help with our allergies, high blood pressure, and soreness of muscles. Yet with mental illness, there can be an extended period of time before we see results or even not see much healing at all. This can cause us to become exasperated and angry, angry at God for not answering our prayers, even as we plead with him daily. In those difficult times, we may need to step away for a time to be alone with God and learn the discipline of waiting, trusting, resting in his goodness. We will use our patience to mature. He will use our patience to mature us and strengthen our spiritual relationship with Christ in the midst of this trial. Now, that's mental illness. That's even with um, even with um, fibromyalgia or in any type of chronic pain is to be patient. And it's hard when you're in the midst of it, but there's something to be learned in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in it. And I think we were talking about that earlier is that. Um, even when the flare-ups come up and the different times uh, people go into depression um, uh, when they, um, or even addiction, you know, you come out of it. You, yeah. you'll, you'll come out of it. You just have to, you, for one, you have to want it to come out of it. Because with the fibromyalgia or any chronic pain, men, mental illness, the suicide, the anxiety, all that is with all that, right? Yeah. And so we have learned that even um, I think last week you was about to go into a flare and I began to do the precautions doing the muscle relaxer and um, something you don't take, you don't take um, really, you don't, I think because of we deal with people with addiction, you struggle uh, with even taking your medication. Uh, not that you have an issue at all, but just because you, you know what I mean? It's just, I think it's just, we're just aware. Mm-hmm. We're aware, but even in being aware, we do harm to ourselves. Right, definitely. You know what I mean? Because um, you have to keep the um, a certain level of your uh, pain inside of your system so that it counters so that when a flare-up comes, is is beginning to come, when you have to take your um, regular medicine for it, it, mm-hmm. it, it helps to the flare-up faster, to, not to not to overtake you. Right, right? definitely. But when you get into that flare-up, I have to... I'm I'm talking to you and I'm reminding you. It's our testimonies. Remember, we went through this two, three months ago. Remember how God brought you through. Remember once you got that sleep, you know, and you allowed the medicine to take its course. You took those three days to rest and not get on the phone and not try to help anybody else. How you felt so much more restored and energized and 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 you felt great mentally, spiritually. You know, remind right. you the testimony that brings that helps bring you through in in that hard time. That's right. That's definitely right. And uh, I found myself getting more stubborn as I get sick. You know what I, I mean? Know. Is it as For you get sick or I don't as know you... why. Wait, is it as you get is it as you get sick or as you get older? Which one is it? <laughs> I just want to remind everybody that the call lines are open, that you're welcome to call in. If you have something you want to add, um, please, please, please call in. Um, I have a, a point I want to bring in. It says... Don't offer help. Don't ask open-ended. It says, do offer help. Don't ask open-ended questions. <laughs> like, what can I do to help? <laughs> uh, I think it's sometimes we, we know exactly what we can do to help. <laughs> but we say, uh, how can I help? Just to make sure we say it. Because we really Ooh. don't want to do nothing. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I do that. Hold up. Not talking about you at all. I'm just saying. No, it made me. No, I'm just checking myself. Like, (laughs) do I really want to help, or is it that no? You know, I tell you, it's so important that we always have to check our hearts. But no, because I be, you know, um, it's habit. It's like breathing. It's like you like you okay? Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes you realize you just ask that. You just be like. In right. a way, you ask it, and you've already answered it in your head, and you're right. on to the next thing. You hadn't even really heard what they said. You hadn't looked at them, but yes. yeah, you just right. you're so right. used to saying it. That right. routine sometimes, like right. you say, we gotta we have to get out of self sometimes, and yeah. it's gonna require others calling us out on it. It's like, yeah. did you really ask me because you care? Or you just asked because right. it was Tuesday, you know? Right, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> oh, it's That's like so telling true. somebody that you're praying for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, 
Did mm-hmm. you actually pray for me? Or are you just saying that because you think right. it'll make me feel better to hear it? Right. Right. Because it's the nice thing to say. That's right. That's right. Right. So I try my best to when when anytime uh I need to pray for someone, if I say I'm I'm praying for you, then I'll go ahead and pray right then. Because nine yeah. times out of ten, if I don't pray right then for them, I'm gonna forget. And it's not that we just say it just to say it. Sometimes we just forget. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah. it's important that when those times come to take advantage of it, especially when a person is open and they're right. willing to tell you what's wrong with them and right. they're willing to tell, to, to um, ask for prayer, then we need to right. go ahead and do that then. Right. Yeah. And going back to when you said um, when we ask someone if they um, if they need anything. Right. It's so important that we don't um, become desensitized. Wow. Because I think that's that's what that is. When when a person just asks, um, I told you I'd be asking God immediately. Wait, do I do that? And like, no. But really, it's because they've dealt with this for so long, and and the the the, the answers are automatic. No, I don't need anything. No, and then we become desensitized to the person's pain. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and that's a dangerous place to be in a, in a in a yeah. marriage. You know what I mean, and so um, even asking the kids, and so I kind of want to. I, I have another point, but even with the kids, and not, and 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 I'm going to speak very transparently um, when it comes to our house. Um, for a, for a moment, I watched my kids and how they would um, they would mimic almost almost mimic uh, my husband's pain. Or um, just um, it was it was just weird to watch, like just how they dealt with with pain. Like everything was um, I don't know, I don't even know if I can even explain. Babe, do you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah, how, definitely. You know, and and I watched them for a while, and then then we began to talk to them about um, right. what he goes through. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't, oh God, I wish yeah, I had Yeah, I, I totally understand words. what you're saying. I, I, I wish tell, I, I, yeah. I tell the kids the, all the time the that, um, that my pain is my pain, right? And it's not yours. It's not yours to carry. Now, they're, yes. they're, they're okay to be concerned. Yes. It's yes. okay to be concerned about that. Yes. But um, but to know that that's okay and yes. uh, that they can just be kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, to I see the to worry see on their kids. face. Yeah, to see the worry on their face or like, so, you know, like my Olivia, she's 12, like all of my children, they always want to take care of dad. And um, I'm I'm, going to get his medicine. I say, no, he can get his medicine himself today. You know what I mean? He's okay. He can get up and and walk or, you know, they see dad mopping the floor doing different things. You know what I mean? But um, what I love is that they're very, they're so caring. They love their daddy so much. But they say, hey, um, dad, that's enough of that today. You know, you're feeling good today, but you don't want to have a flare up. Like, so they're aware, you mm-hmm. know, they're aware because we educate them um, and we don't right. um, we don't make excuses for anything. But we don't we also don't um, pacify and allow um, depression to live in our house. You know what I mean? We yeah. and, and, and it's funny because even our dogs, when um, when that um, when that begins to try to attack you, uh, whether it's depression or the, the flare ups, even the dogs will sit up under his feet or jump in his lap and just to, just to encourage him, you know, yeah. um, or he has to get up and make their food, uh, because, you know, so, um, just not, uh, just, um, making sure that we're paying attention to our children right. and how Definitely. they are relating to whether it's addiction, whether it's, um, chronic pain, whether it's depression, um, it's just it, it's so important because it's the whole family that has to be yeah, definitely um be taken care of and uh, uh, someone stopping and asking the kids how how are you doing you know right. what i mean um what do you see and um you know the the fear of losing their dad you know what i mean yeah because that's that's um so it's so important to um always have open um that open communication um my next point is five be ready Remind the people to be remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle towards one another. 
That's Titus 3, 1 and 2. After mm-hmm. initial shock of recognizing the chronic pain or the mental health issues, there will come a time of necessary action. Many of us struggle at this point and are tempered, tempted to enter into a state of passivity. Mm-hmm. Oh, while there is currently a time of waiting on God, it is only preparing us for the next step. Mental illness in a loved one cannot be ignored at um, any more than ignoring a stroke, cancer, or a heart attack. We must mm-hmm. seek help for ourselves, for them. The Lord is faithful to lead us in the right direction. If we are willing to step out in faith and move forward, what does that mean? Taking action, seeking. We've been saying this um, throughout this whole podcast, seeking help, taking action, being patient with your loved ones, being ready to move as, as, as you see the need and as God is functioning you, you don't need that person's permission to get them help. Right. That's right. You and know what I mean? Important. Faith without works is dead. That's right. Mm-hmm. We can have faith waiting on God, right? And we and that's great. But if, if there is no action in that waiting, then are you really trusting God? You know, it, it, faith requires action that I'm going to yeah. move forward and, I, and know that the result is in God's hands. The result right. is in his hands, but I must take action, right? That's right. In order to, right. to, to show myself approved. Take the action. And a lot of times we want to just wait and we want to sit there and be still. But it's important to, one, go out and find the help that we need. Um, There's Mm -hmm. many organizations out there that can help us. Uh, That's that's definitely, we could go through the hospital. I'm pretty sure that the hospital has uh, social workers and Mm -hmm. they have people that are available to help family members cope. There's um, Al-Anon, which is there for for family members that are dealing with family members or friends that have addictions, it's important to to really seek out and get help, not just for the family member, but for ourselves mm-hmm. as well. And sure, not only yeah. that, but to really seek God, to really seek his scriptures, yes. go through the word of God. Everything that we need is in that word, right? That's right. Yes. And that's not yes. to be over spirit. That's not to over spiritualize it. Not to say that, uh, okay, just read the Bible if you, if you're in pain. Um, because you know people will say that, but but seeking, like I said, seeking God for the result. That's right. And That's the strength right. that we need is in His Word. So right. I have a scripture that I like to that I like. Um, what scriptures do you guys use to um, support you in times of need? Uh, what is your favorite scripture? Oh my goodness. Trust in the Lord with all my, my heart. Lean not into my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him and he shall direct my path. Um, Amen. That is, that, is, that is the one that I lean on. And lately, it's funny, since you've been, um, since these last couple of weeks, um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That has been yes. my go-to. Yes. Um, every That's morning, that he leads me behind, beside the still waters. And, you know what I mean? Like that's, those are the yes. scriptures. Um, well, the first one I said is what I live by every day. I, um, but that scripture has been my comfort um, in these last few weeks that that has just been ringing. So those are mine. Yeah. My, my troubled days at work, the serenity prayer has been a big thing for yeah, me. Just asking mm-hmm. for God to help me because so many things and God opening my eyes and, pointing out different things to me at work. Just just God help me, help me through this. Yeah. Um, and then also, aside from that, just um, 1 Corinthians and 13, just love and charity. Um, yeah. We need more of that. And just continuously asking God to help me to operate um, in love and all that I do for everybody, regardless of what's going on, um, regardless of what I may disagree with, how someone else handles things. To yeah. still do it according to a way that is pleasing and honorable um, to God, because I have to answer to God, no matter what everybody else does. You know, I, I have to be held accountable to Him. Um, so that's the Serenity Prayer, the Lord is my shepherd, and First Corinthians thirteen. That's awesome. I, I like I uh, can, Psalms. I can say, 
Can I say this real quick? I'm sorry. Yeah. Brittany, with everything that you that you that you do in even in your personal life, yeah. I've, I've I've I have been blessed to see you. I've, I've been honestly honored and blessed and grew so much in watching the way you care for every patient and and coworker and 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 everything you've always done has always been with such integrity and grace even when you didn't agree with leadership you know what i mean you yes to a t but to be able to love despite what our own struggles despite what's going on in my house or my bills or my whatever to mm-hmm. be able to 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 graciously love on others who are mental have mental illness or addiction or whatever i've seen it firsthand through you and I thank God for you because you taught me a lot so much just by watching and just by conversations we've had you know what I mean where it taught me that it's possible yes to <laughs> God be I mean? the glory for that I yes, promise definitely. you that's to God because it's only through him that's that, that is God. even right. possible and that more too. him it's your yes. obedience and sacrifice I'm sorry Pastor it's your turn no amen that's that's great uh, and thank you again, Brittany, for coming on tonight. Um, the verse I want to leave us with tonight is Psalms 41, 40, chapter 1 through 3. And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction yes. out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, I really appreciated everything uh, that you guys brought to the to the conversation today. Thank you for, for calling in, Brittany. Thank you for being a part. Yes. And I know it was short notice, but thank you so much. Thank yes. you guys so much. I appreciate it. It was a, a blessing so to me this evening. Thank you. Amen. You sleep well. Yes, ma'am. Good night. Good night. Good night. Well, Pastor Mingo, I think we had a good Sunday night. Thank you, Pastor. I thank you, my husband, my friend, my confidant. Yeah, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for taking care of me and dealing with me and my You see me. I see you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Thank y'all again for listening tonight and. And everything that you added, everybody that typed in something, we really appreciate you being a part of what we're trying to do. Please, 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 I know that you're busy, but take a few seconds to share the show, share what you heard, share something on social media that uh, people know that you spent the last hour with us doing something that was was beneficial. Amen? Yes. So you guys have a great night. I love you. I bless you. I honor you. Amen. Good night.